the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If it's appropriate, just elbow your neighbor a little bit and say, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, elbow your other neighbor. It's good to be Hallelujah, Jesus.
as we go right into prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you one more time, Lord God. want to say thanks for all the things that you have done for us, O oh God. Things so undeserved, O oh God. By faith, we worship you this morning, Lord God. Father God, as we pray this morning, we ask your anointing upon the remaining portion of this service. Oh God, that you will touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be a move of your spirit upon us, oh God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will use us to continue to give you all the glory and all the honor. I pray, Lord God, that somewhere someone will make up in their mind to give their all to you this morning. Oh God, bless us and keep us. Let your will be done among us this morning. Speak to our hearts, to our minds, oh God. Strengthen us tonight, today, Lord God. Touch our pastor today as he come to preach your word. Let your anointing be upon him. Continue to bless our praise singers. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we praise you and worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's just give him another round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah.
Yeah. 
So while I was out there looking around, I came back in and said, man, it feels good to have the outside than the way it is inside. And I came inside the church this morning, and it feels good outside than the way it feels inside. That's temperature-wise. But when you compare that to the presence of God, nothing can change that atmosphere. Amen. So, uh, so one of these days, Pastor, we may have to have like a tent service outside. Amen. Amen. You know, hopefully before the weather breaks, you know, we can get outside and have a nice service outside. Amen. The community. Amen. But we greet everyone, our online congregation. We thank you for tuning in this morning. And I pray God bless us this morning. Amen. We're truly serving an awesome God. Amen. Brother Thomas coming up with a few announcements. Amen. In Jesus' name. Morning, church. Praise the Lord. Today is our Move the Mission event. So the, the event was designed so that if you couldn't do it today, you could do it the day before. So there is one person who um, already completed the walk. So the mark is 3838. That's the mark to hit in fact. person in first place. It's Pastor Wyatt. So I'm announcing it right now. So I can say he's in first place. E eternally? <laughs> yes, sir. 3838. Today is uh, this evening, this afternoon, six o'clock is the real walk time. Here's some things that are kind of neat about this experience. People are doing this particular event all over the world. All over the world, not just here in Hamilton, New Jersey, not just in the United States. It's happening all over. The app that we're going to check into will have people walking everywhere. I don't know if they're doing it at 6 o'clock in China. I don't know if they're doing it at the same time as us in China. All I know is, is that all over the world, there are folks who are trying to raise funds to be able to put money in the, in the till so that the missionaries around the world have transportation to be able to go where they go. There's other things that those funds are used for, but primarily it gets people from where they are to the people that they're to go reach. And so um, if you are participating today, 6 o'clock, 3 mile, 38.30 is the mark that we should be shooting at to pass. And, um, and if you're not participating, consider a donation. Consider putting something in so that um, the, the kids have a nice offering to, to offer to the division, to the district rather, and then, of course, to the whole effort at hand. One clarification. A year ago, we had some difficulty with walking and running. So I'm going to share openly, those of you online who are doing this wherever you are, when you walk, one foot is always in contact with the ground. When you run, at some point in your run, both feet are off the ground. So those of us who are going to walk fast, who are going to try to go fast, one foot needs to be in contact with the ground. Next week, Saturday, the 25th, we are going to do a public um, event, a public conversation, a public sharing of all that is going on as we go forward. It's called the public launch. We're in a stewardship campaign. Pastor's going to explain more about how that works and what we're to be doing. The leadership team has been um, sacrificing over the last few weeks uh, as an investment into this process, and you'll be invited too. I'm not going to get into too much of that business. It will be shared later, but the fact is, is this is for all of us to be involved in, all of us, every single one of us. On the 25th at the Marriott, 
Um, 12 o'clock, I'm sure Pastor will say more. This is a big deal. CSPI is away. We had our first class um, last week. Lesson one was taught. Um, those of you who might uh, be thinking, oh gosh, I really wish I could have. Like any other college, there is late enrollment. Um, if you can get in um, this week, uh, let me know. We would love to have you on board with us. We'd love to have you join us. Um, it's a great experience to study the word as well as as well as um, learning about the things that we need to be equipped with when we go out into the mission field. Um, outreach, the second, uh, we always do our two outreaches over the course of our, uh, our months um, in season. And it was supposed to be the 25th, which I think is just a pretty neat thing that um, our, our the day we selected in, no in November was, uh, was an outreach day <laughs> for us to do our public launch. But the next one that we'll physically the 16th, we have a prayer breakfast planned o'clock um, on uh, October the 2nd. That's at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, um, the 2nd. And then All Nations Sunday is um, coming up on us. It'll be on the 17th, which is in October. All Nations Sunday is a, we make that a big deal here. Uh, we make that a big deal sort of everywhere. And we would love very much that you would bring your family and friends, so keep that date in mind. One of the things that I shared at, at the first service this morning, uh, I'm going to do again because there's a couple of people here uh, now who um, were not here at 9 o'clock when I shared it, and uh, they were out with us in the mission field last week. Uh, pastor shared uh, that uh, we had, um, well, let me say it this way, on Friday night, Pastor McFarlane was our preacher, and he talked about divine appointments. And I just thought that was, I said to Pastor this morning that I've been looking for a certain words that really describe how that works. And there was a, a divine appointment last week when we went out to do outreach. We met some gentlemen who, um, uh, it was just a really rich experience for all of us that were out there. Uh, these men are in recovery and they are um, looking for a place to be. Over the course of this week, we met with the clinical director at that re, uh, recovery center. We are going to be doing um, a Bible study there on Tuesdays. Yes, yes, yes. That's a divine appointment right there. Um, maybe even as, as soon as this Tuesday, uh, but it will be on Tuesdays and be a blessing. And um, they're still working out their rides, but the clinical director has already pledged that we would love the guys to be able to add a, a spiritual component to what they're doing. And from my perspective, I think it's from everyone's perspective, we're talking about partnering with the community. We're, we're talking about being involved in lives in the community. And I can't think of a better way to get going on our public launch than that. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise God. Again, one more time, I want to greet everyone. And uh, I guess for most of you that know, uh, I, I'm an excited guy. I'm a busy guy. I love the things of God. And, um, you know, as Brother Tom made mention, we, uh, this past Friday evening, we had our um, multicultural event down in South Jersey. And I want to commend, uh, you know, all our family and friends, those that came out to worship with us, our praise and worship team, y'all did an excellent job. I must say, oh, my God, uh, you know, how much, you know, we are proud of what God is doing for us, you know, not only in our congregation here, but in our district. You know, God has taken us places, and, um, you know, we just need to stay tuned, stay in there, hang in there, Brother Jay. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I said something, I went up and uh, I was at the podium, and I said, um, you know, my, my sons are here, 
you know, um, at one point, I think Sister Patricia said, I need a, I have a reading glass, and it's the flowchart. And she was saying, I think I need a distant reading glass because I, 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 I see clearly sometime in the back, and sometimes I don't see so clearly. You know, but, uh, you know, I'm seeing people and mistaken for the wrong person, you know, which, you know, I don't know if it's age or if it's just need a glass. It's supposed to be a glass, something that I need, you know. But, you know, through it all, at the end of the day, God is good. Amen. Amen. So we commend everyone. <laughs> Amen. We commend everyone. And we thank everyone for being here. You know, um, you know, as I said, um, uh, uh, most of you that are here know that I have a pest control business. And um, sometimes I go play with these bugs and I get excited. <laughs> It's so funny, but I, I, I get excited. I, 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 I look at the bug sometime and I say, man, I, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm being honest with them. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, simple little things. And, you know, you make the best out of everything. You know, you, you want to make sure whatever you do, um, you know, you enjoy what you're doing. Because if you don't enjoy Brother D, uh, Brother Sam, you know, if, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to do it with the passion and with the joy of doing it. You know, when we come in the house of God to worship God, we, we, we must have that passion and joy to want to worship God. Amen. So this morning, as uh, we get ready to transition into our offering this morning, we want you to be a cheerful giver this morning. Give with a passion this morning. Give a little bit more than you'd normally give. Amen. Uh, as Brother Tom had mentioned about our public launch next uh, Saturday, the 25th, and we're hoping to have everyone that is here. You can bring your family and friends out. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited about it. Amen. We're trying to raise $1.7 million. But if you know someone that want to give $2 million, we welcome them. Amen. But we're raise, trying to raise $1.7 million. The doors are going to be opening up for us. And we want to make sure when the doors are open for us, we can just move right in. Amen. So give this morning. Give cheerfully unto the Lord. Be a blessing. You know, whatever you can give to the Lord, be a blessing. Amen. 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 We're going to invite you all to stand uh, this time. Amen. Remember, if you're... Uh, pay electronically, you can go to www.myccc.faith. If you want to pay, PayPal, it's at, uh, uh, at sign Christ into Church. And if you want to pay a cash app, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. We have our electronic device over here. You can see Sister Patrice. We have our ushers, two in the front, one in the middle. Give a good offering. Be a blessing. We'll make it convenience for you. Amen. Bow your heads with us. Father God, we love you. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your mercies and for your love. We thank you for what you have already done in the service, O oh God. We ask you to continue to bless the remaining portion of the service, O oh God, as we continue to worship you, give you praise, give you all the glory and all the honor. We love you, Lord God. Bless every giver, O oh God. Help us to be a cheerful giver, Lord God. Help us to raise that $1.7 million, O oh God, for us to try to acquire this building. We ask your will to be done. As we commit everything in your hand, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Give unto the Lord this morning.
Hallelujah. Come on, thank the Lord this morning. Come on, let's thank him together. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord has been so good to us. Something happening in this place this morning. Amen. I like what I feel and I feel what I like. Amen. Brother Scarlett, I'll put it in another term for you, you know, because everybody got something to say. You see your big son Ethan over there, you know, turning around, saying slick stuff. You know, your, your wife laughing at you. Everybody laughing because you say, you, you know, you like your job, you know. But let me tell you what it is. He does everything unto Christ, even his normal job. He says, I want to do a good job in everything because I represent God in everything. All right, Sister Janice, you did say, all right, he'd just like to do a good job. Okay. But I think I saw you and Ethan laughing over there. Ethan, tell the truth. Wasn't she laughing with you? She always act like she didn't laugh, too. You laugh, too. I'm the only one that didn't laugh because that's my man. I'm I'm going, me and my man riding together. Y'all can laugh all y'all want. Amen. That's why, listen, somebody either have $1.7 million or know someone that has $1.7 million that's connected to this church. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. Somebody have $1.7 million or they know somebody that has $1.7 million and that money will come and y'all will remember how Brother Scarlett got excited every time he said $1.7 million. Watch it. Watch it. I'm, I'm just waiting and just watch what the Lord do and I'm going to say, Lord... Man, you are, God is watching and listening to everything. There are some things that you don't pray about, but you you discuss it in in terms of, you know, you want to do something about it. And God hears those conversations. And trust me, we will see great things that God will do just from conversations that we have. Real quick about the uh, public launch, the 25th which is this Saturday, of uh, 25th of September, this Saturday, we want everyone to come out. It's not um, an event that will cost you anything. It's free, 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 free. You don't need anything. You just show up at the Marriott at 12 noon. Um, that's the Princeton Marriott, um, 100 Village Road East in Princeton, New Jersey. You just show up there and just listen. Give us about an hour and a half of your time. Give us about an hour and a half. If you want to eat, then you might want to give us a little more than an hour and a half because we will get the vision out to you in an hour and a half, but then you'll have some time to eat. So if you want to eat, then, you know, you might get in a couple hours. Village, College Road, College Road, 100 College Road East. I know something like that, Village, College Road. Thank you. I appreciate um, you um, correcting me there. But we want you to come this Saturday. Um, Listen. I can't say enough how important it is to be a part of something that's important. People are trying to be a part of something that's value. You know, we like to, you know, that's probably one of our, you know, words that we say a lot now, value. You know, does it add value? You know, we like to say that. And so people are trying to do everything they can to be a part of something that adds value. Well, hear me. There is nothing more valuable than the kingdom of God. And what we're trying to do is expand and do our part in the kingdom of God. 
This is not about man. It's not about me. Because if God tarry one of your children, one of your grandchildren, one of your nieces or nephews or somebody that you know is going to pastor this church and it won't be me and I'll move on. God will move me out the way and hopefully I'll have something else to do and I'll do that and somebody else will pastor this church and we'll just keep moving because the church doesn't belong to anybody but Jesus. Church doesn't belong to anybody but Jesus. So what we're doing in the church is about Jesus. It's not about people. He just uses us to facilitate what he wants done. That's all this is. So we will hear more about that this Saturday at 12 noon. Invite someone out. It might be the $1.7 million person. Invite someone out. And here is why the $1.7 million is so important. It's, in, it's important for many reasons. But here is what I don't want. I do not want Christ-centered church to be um, um, uh, challenged financially to do the work of God, right? I, I don't want us to be challenged financially. I want, if we need to get involved to help people out financially, we're not saying, oh, we got to take another offer. No, we want to have the money in the house to take care of God's business. So we don't want to be walking around here trying to take two and three offerings, which we'll never do, but we are not going to do that. And we don't want to be about money. We want to be about God's business. Because when you are about God's business, God will see to it that the money flows in. So let's just be about God's business and get it done and realize the church belongs to God and not anyone else. And if we will support God's church, then we will see God's will be done, not just in the church, but in our lives as well. So next Saturday, 12 noon, come out and support it. Join us online. We will live stream as well. So if you know someone that want to be there but can't be there, send them the link. Have them join us um, at 12 noon for our service and you will see all that God is doing and all that God will do. And I always say God's business will be done with or without us. We might as well just get on board and let it be done with us. Amen. So keep that in mind. I believe God is going to do some great things. Amen. Um, what else I had to mention to you? That might be it. Okay. Um, Sister Hadia. You might need to get your husband a, um, a mask that says Dallas Cowboys because his buddy over there is wearing his mask that says Eagles, and he's sitting over there with nothing. You know what I mean? I mean, he's zero and one, so maybe that's why he don't have no Dallas mask on, you know. But, but well, I'm sorry, Sam. I'm, Sam been working hard for a good little while, and here comes Sam, and I'm giving him a hard time. I love you, man. You're my man. I'm not going to give Sam a hard time. That's, yeah, I know, but, but, but we got a quarterback that's going to work. We got a quarterback. I don't know. What, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, so, you know, just, you know, D, D showing off over there. Amen. Paul Brantley showing off, too, probably online. He got Pittsburgh Steelers 1-0. and So, you know, you know, we'll see how that goes. Amen. Everybody flexing after week one. It's only week one. They got 17, 17, 16 more games to go. We'll see how it goes. Eagles think they something. <laughs> We'll see if they something for real. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, you know what? I have a couple of books that I want to give away this morning. Amen. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'll just pick you out because you might just um, you might just run all over the place. And, or maybe you don't care too much. Amen. All right. This book is entitled The Difference Maker. The Difference Maker. I haven't read it yet, but I ordered some, and I got one for myself. And so... I'm going to give away a couple just because, um, okay, all right, um, come on, Sister Hester, 
Come on, Sister Stephanie. Come on. These are people I want. Difference maker in their hand. Come on. Difference maker. The difference maker. I'm, gonna, I'm reading it too, so I'm going to ask questions about it. So don't think you're just going to have the book. And when I, I'm going to ask questions. Thank you. All right. Got two more. I gave it to two sisters. Now I got to give it to two brothers. Amen. I'll tell you what. Matthew, come on. You come and get this, Matthew. Amen. Paul, you come on. Difference maker. Yes. Read it, please. All right. I, I want you all to read it. It's going to help make you successful. Hallelujah. All right. We ready to get in the word of God? Did I miss anything? I'm good, Brother Scarlett. All right. Let's stand for the reading of the word of God. I'm worshiping and I'm sweating and my wife is like, you're sweating, you're sweating. And um, I, um, I don't pay that no mind because here's how my brain works, Ethan. I go to Planet Fitness all, all the time, working out, I work up a sweat. Well, you think I'm going to worry about working up a sweat for Jesus? Man, I'll be wet as can be and I'll be proud of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be, be, be proud. That I don't care if I'm sweating. Y'all look at me sweating and say, don't even pay me no mind because I'm sweating. But, but my mindset is it's no big deal to me because I sweat for other things that ain't profitable. And even though, you know, we're supposed to exercise and really we wouldn't need to exercise if we was walking all over the place and spreading the gospel. Don't get me started. And we don't have to be in, um, you know, B.C., we can still walk throughout our neighborhood and spread the gospel. And if we if we took a few um, hours out of our week and walk and share the gospel, we'll be in shape. We would. So, you know, ex exercise don't profit you a whole lot because when the body gets old and the body is done doing what it used to do, nothing we can do about it. Nothing we can do about it. I mean, you know, I hear some of you say, yeah, but do everything you can now. So, it, you know, whatever. There are some people that ate healthy, do right, and their body still didn't cooperate the way they wanted it. Because you might have had something through, you know, your, 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 you inherited, you know, it's in your gene, whatever the case may be, and you trying to do everything. <laughs> ladies crack me up with this. They, you know, check their moms out. And some of the ladies get so, I'm not going to be like my mom. You know, <laughs> you know and they try to do everything so, <laughs> you know, they don't have whatever they might think is flaws or negative about uh, what their mother have. So, but listen, what you do for Christ will last. That's, that's what I can tell you. What you do for Christ will last. Amen. See my grandson in the back, my last born grandson so far. I don't know if I'm going to have no more grandchildren, but that's my man right there. That's my man right there. Amen. You better looking at my son. God make it better and better and better. Oh, man. Can you believe? Look where God came coming from me. You know, and they, they make me look ashamed. They look so good. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Uh, that's right. So God make things better and better and better. Amen. We, we, we wouldn't conceive, you know, what God will make out of us. Mm -hmm. It just get better and better. And I'm okay with it. Amen. That's my buddy. Me and him, we're going to go out and hang out. 
Me and Liam going to hang out. You know, the people still young that have kids, they like to drop the kids off and keep going. And I ain't got no problem with Liam. Drop Liam off. He going to like the things that I like. I can tell. He's got my spirit in him. I see him all the time. Just, I think he skips over. He don't even have, he probably have more of me than he have of his dad. That's my boy. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> As, but you want me to tell you something interesting, Nas? I think my son have more of my dad that passed away than me. And I think I have more of my grandfather, my dad's father, than my dad. And that's why I think Liam is going to have more of me than he does his daddy. I, I think that's how our family is. I, I don't know what that, that is. <laughs> we, we, we show... <laughs> We we showed a picture at, at my dad's funeral, right? We showed a picture of my dad, you know, when he was young, cool, you know, got his shirt buttoned down and, you know, looking good. Nasir said, oh, snap. That's why I like to wear my shirt open. <laughs> he was learning stuff about his grandpa that he didn't know that, you know, some of the stuff that he was doing was done a long time ago. Amen. He liked cars. He all into cars now. He didn't know. His grandfather, man, lived and died for his Jaguar. So that car fetish was always family. So, so I think he's got more of his grandpa in him than he does probably me. But that's how I go. Liam, my boy, though. Amen. Acts chapter 28, verse number 24. Amen. I won't keep you long. If the Lord wanted to keep you long, then that's up to the Lord. But I'll try my best not to keep you long. But. That's all up to Jesus, isn't it? Acts 28, verse 24, the word of God says, And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they all had spoken one word. Well, spake the Holy Ghost by Esaias, the prophet unto our fathers. Paul was quoting some scriptures from back um, when um, Isaiah quoted this. Verse 26, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing, ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing, ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ear are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Huh. That's an issue right there. When we start reasoning with the word of God. Try to make it fit. Try to understand it according to our intellect, according to our understanding. Start reasoning. Well, does it really mean this? Does it really mean that? And is God really saying that? And when you start doing that, you're in trouble. I'll show you in a little bit. But let us pray. Father, thank you for your word today. We pray, oh God, that you will speak to our hearts and minds. And that the power of the Lord will manifest and demonstrate in this place today. 
Father, we want to live for you and we want to know you. And we, almighty God, want to make heaven our home. We want to be saved, Lord God. And we want to walk in our purpose in you, Lord Jesus. I pray today that you will open eyes. I pray that you'll set the captives free. I pray, Lord God, that you'll raise us up, Lord God, in the power and the strength of God. I pray that faith, Lord God, will overtake us, Lord Jesus, and that, Lord, there will be transformation in our life, Lord. I pray the power of the Holy Ghost will move mightily in this place, and that you will lead me by your spirit and speak as your oracle. Will you touch the hearing and the heart of your people, Lord, that you may impart to them the word of truth, and the spirit of God will help them to understand and to know and to do what it is that that you're saying to us today, we pray and ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you today on this topic, the power of vision. The power of vision. The power of vision. Tell your neighbor the power of vision. Psychologists find that man is prevailingly and persistently eye-minded. Eye-minded. I like that word. We are eye-minded. It's a big thing to us. Vision is a big thing to us. What we see is a big thing to us. How we perceive things is a big thing to us. And so most of what we respond to is what we see. Uh No wonder TV commercials are always coming on at every time it can when you're watching some game or something on the TV. That the same commercial come over and over and over again. And you're wondering what in the world is going on? Vision, vision, vision. They're trying to show you something. They want you to just begin to imagine it and own it and bring it into your soul. Vision. We're eye-minded. That is, in, in man's waking life, he is likely to think, imagine, and remember in terms of vision. When we think about things, when we imagine things, when we remember things, we, we do better in the terms of visualizing it. Vision. Somebody. Naturally, then, his dreaming is predominantly visual. We are told that it is not rare to find dreams defined as trains of fantastic images. Somebody say vision. Vision, the act of seeing. Vision, comprehension. Vision, to perceive, to see clearly. Revelation, those are all meaning of vision. I give you some more understanding and meaning of vision. The act or power of anticipating that which or may not come to be. Here's one. An experience in which a person, thing, or event appears credibly to the mind, although not actually present, often under the influence of the divine power of God. Vision, something seen or otherwise perceived during such an experience. Vision is so powerful that one can have it without having physical sight. 
Vision is so powerful that you can have it without physical sight. Vision. The scripture we read earlier in Acts chapter 28, it says, seeing ye shall see and not perceive. So that, that takes care of us understanding that we can have eyes and we can see and still not see. This morning, as I talked about that, Brother Chuby was here and he had a stroke, uh, a mile one. And, 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 and usually when he had a stroke, uh, especially in his case, he, he, he didn't go blind, but his sight was blurry. He was seeing things, but he could not understand. He, he, he wasn't aware altogether what he was seeing. So we can have our sight, we can have vision, and still not know what we're looking at, and still not perceive what we're seeing. So you can have sight, you can have vision, and still not see. Somebody say amen. You can see something or someone, but not recognize or understand what or who you are seeing. Hmm. When we don't when we don't want to see something though, we will not see it. Mhm. What happens to a lot of us oftentimes is right away when we're when someone is showing you something. <laughs> If it's not something interesting to you or the person who is showing you something, if it's not somebody that you find credible or interesting, when they start showing you something, your, your first instinct is, ah, yeah, 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 I'll see that later. So you might not see what they're trying to show you. And so you might have glanced at it, but you haven't seen it because if you saw it, guess what? You will perceive what it is. But because you weren't interested in it, you did not perceive what it is because it wasn't something you wanted to know. So a lot of times we only see what we want to see. So not only that we have eyes to see but don't see, but sometimes we only see what we want to see. How can that happen, preachers? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. The heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, I should heal them. Can I just insert this? If, if, if our leadership, some of you that are here today that are part of our leadership, if you will be honest, you will tell the truth that your visit, vision has been sharper over the past 19 days than before. If you want to be honest, you will say, you know what? My vision is a lot sharper right now. I'm seeing much clearer right now. Mm-hmm. There you are, if you'll be honest. Because the reason why we don't see properly is because our heart is wax gross. Our ears are dull of hearing. And our eyes, we have closed. And so when your eyes are open, when, when, when your ears are unstopped, and when your heart is right, then you will see clearly the way you're supposed to see. Let's talk about this. Blindness. Blindness represents Blindness represents lack of sight. Blindness represents darkness. 
weakness represent lack of understanding and comprehension, which results in unbelief. You can see and still be blind. You can have eyes. Because blindness is ignorance. Blindness is lack of sight, even though you can see, but you're not perceiving what you see. Blindness is darkness. You can't understand where you're going and where you are. Blindness is lack of understanding and lack of comprehension. And when you're blind, unbelief is reigning in your life. So you don't believe a whole lot. That's why when Jesus had spoke to them, when I'm sorry, when 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 Paul had spoke to them, they walked away reasoning within themselves because they were blind. Unbelief had sunk in. When you hear the word of God and and you start to reason within yourself, I'm not saying you trying to ask God more about it. That's different. That's, That's not considered to me reasoning about it. When you hear the word of God and you say, God, will you help me to understand it even deeper? That's not reasoning. Reasoning is you starting to, well, I don't know how we have that, we have that, that, that statement. We like to make that statement. I don't know how. I don't know how. We need to, you, as a Christian, you need to get that out of your vocabulary. I don't know how. As a believer, you need to get that out of your mind. I don't know how. Because if you know who he is, you won't know how of everything that goes on. But you'll know he can do all things. So you don't have to worry about how. Because the one who can make it all possible is handling business. So you might not know how. Leave that alone. I I, I need to talk about that. God, let me talk about that. Because some of you here are not where God wants you to be because you're constantly reasoning within yourself. Well, how and why and and, and, and what? And and when God is saying, listen, I just need you to do what I told you to do. I will never stare you wrong. I will never lead you in the wrong direction. Just listen to me and do what I tell you and stop reasoning and how this will work out and what's going to happen. God loves you. And he's not going to lead you in the wrong way. Don't reason with it. Don't, don't, don't ask how. You don't have to know how. I just heard a really great preacher said, and I, and, and, and I agree with it because I've said it. I don't know how God says that tithing is 10% of everything that you earn. And so if you earn $1,000, God says, I want $100, 10% of that. I want $100 off the top, not, when, not afterwards, but off the top. I want $100. And you be suffice with the 900 And so the preacher said, I have no clue because we all, as preachers, have no clue with a lot of things God does. I have no clue how 90% can be better than 100%. That's just one thing to think about today so you don't start saying how. And I don't see how. You don't have to see how. You don't have to see how. How 90% will do better than 100% with God. One day God gave me a little glimpse into how the 90% is going to go further than the 100%. And he he made me see simple stuff. You keep your 100%. And guess what? Car going to break down. You keep your 100%. You need to replace the refrigerator. You keep your 100%. And some mail is going to come 
some bill is going to come in the mail that you forgot all about that you didn't pay. And now they want to want you to pay it. If not, they send you to collections and you forgot all about it. You didn't live for years without thinking about that bill. And now all of a sudden here comes that bill and now you got to pay it. And if you don't pay it, you're going to collections. And if you don't, if you let go to collections, it's going to mess up your credit and all that stuff. And so all of these things, you take your hundred percent and you will find out all kind of things are going to go wrong. And so that 100% is now you're spending it, you're spending it, and you're spending it on things that you ordinarily would not spending on, spend it on because you kept your money, and now you're in charge of whatever happened to your money. But then when you give him his 10% off the tops, and you have 90, all of a sudden, you know, I need to replace this refrigerator, but I can't afford it. And all of a sudden, somebody moving to Florida. And they don't want to take that nice refrigerator they just bought. And, and, and they're just like, I, I just, and, and, and that refrigerator is only about three months old. They barely used it. And now all of a sudden, they're calling you up. We get ready to move. And we have this really nice, we just want to know if you want it. They had no clue that you needed a refrigerator. And all of a sudden, you're getting this nice $1,200 refrigerator that you thought you had to spend your $1,200 on. That's how it works. That's just a little glimpse of it. I don't know all the other part about it, but I'm just trying to tell you, stop trying to figure out how. Stop trying to reason with God's word as to how will this work out? What will this, just leave that alone. That's his job. I say it all the time, do your job because God will always do his part. You don't need to figure it out. And so, blindness. It's lack of understanding and it causes unbelief. Wisdom, I'm sorry, vision represents sight, knowledge, light, which signifies faith is present. When there's vision, there's sight. When there's vision, there's knowledge. When there's vision, there is light. And all of it signifies faith is present. But hear me good. We can't just be satisfied with having vision. Now, here I am preaching the power of vision, but we can't just be satisfied with just having vision. Some of you might feel like, yeah, I have vision. But guess what? Now ask yourself, where are you going? You might say I have vision, but where have you gone? You might say you have vision, but what have you accomplished? So do you have vision? You might have it, but you can't just be satisfied with having vision. We must have an encounter with vision. We must have a personal observation up close with vision. We must have an understanding of vision. So vision is not just something that is present. Vision is not just something that you have. But vision is something you have to experience. Vision is something you have to have observation of it. Vision is something you must understand. Just seeing is not enough. Just seeing is not enough. Many people are seeing, but it's not enough. Many people are seeing. They have their sight. They can see. They're visionary, but that's not good enough because they need to experience vision. 
they need to have an up-close observation of vision. Oh, God, help me this morning. They, they need to have an understanding of vision and not just see things. As a matter of fact, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly. You know what it means? No matter how good you see on your own, you still ain't seeing it clearly. No matter how good you think you're seeing something, you're still not seeing it the really the, the way it really is because we don't see clearly. It's not until we take on the body like us of Christ. It's not until we see Jesus in the flesh. It's not until we have enough close encounter with Jesus will we see clearly. And right now, we don't see clear at all. We see through a glass darkly. It's not clear. So whatever you think you're looking at, it's not all what you think it is not all what you think it is not until you have an encounter with vision not until you have a personal observation of vision and not until you have an understanding of vision will vision now get a hold of you god gave us vision that we may experience it god gave vision that we may be victorious and be saved however some as a vision to take them in the opposite direction because God gives you vision and you start to reason with vision. Start to reason with vision. God gave you vision for you to experience it. He gave you vision for you to be profitable. He gave you vision for you to be successful, for you to be victorious. But guess what you have done? You have reasoned in your heart with what God has revealed to you. And now just from your reasoning, you've gone in the opposite direction. You're doing what your flesh tells you. And not what God was trying to get you to understand and see. Mm -hmm. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 26, watch this. You'll see how some of us do. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, here we go. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And brought back word unto them and unto the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Unfortunately, here's the next verse. Nevertheless. They said they saw the land just like he promised. It was flowing with milk and honey just like he said. Nevertheless, well, why, why, why did that come into play? Reasoning. Reasoning. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Church, can I tell you this before I move on? When God tells you something, he don't tell you everything. <laughs> when God tells you something, he doesn't tell you everything. So when you start to, by faith, begin to do what he tells you to do, and you start to go towards what he tells you to go towards, and you start to see some things that he didn't tell you about, please don't let those things divert you. 
He knows why he didn't tell you everything. But what he wants you to do is do what he told you to do, not worry about everything else that you're seeing that he never told you about because he didn't want you to think about or worry about those things. And so here you are trying to follow and go in the direction that God said to go. And then you start looking around and seeing all this stuff. And all of a sudden you're reasoning. Why would God allow the giants to be in the land? And why, why do you allow these people to be around when he already told me the land is mine? He just didn't tell you that they would be there. That, you know, hmm, come on, Holy Ghost. You know the reason why he didn't tell you that, that, that they would be there? Because it's not your business. He didn't tell you that because it's not for you to worry about. Oh, God, help me this morning. God don't tell you some things uh, that he needs to, that you think he needs to tell you because it ain't for you to worry about. It's for him to worry about. And those giants that were in the land, uh, that was for God to worry about. That was for God to take care of, not for you to take care of. So he never told you about it. Come on, Holy Ghost, and help me up in here. Somebody, you got to hear me. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody up in here this morning that you are worried about all that is around you. You're trying to figure out all that's around you. You're trying to reason with what God says. And he's saying, just do what I tell you because whatever you see that I didn't tell you about, I got that. I got that. I got that. I will handle that. I will take care of that. That's why I'm not telling you about it. Why would I tell you about something that you had nothing to do with? Is somebody hearing me this morning? Is somebody hearing me that God is trying to get through to you? That God wants you to see clearly. He wants to give you a vision that you can have, but he needs for you to do what he says and not reason with his word, not trying to understand it according to your flesh. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. All that God never told them. They mapping it out now. Here we go again. Holy Ghost helping us this morning. Here we go again. We, we're wasting energy. Holy Ghost. We're wasting energy. On things that God never told us to waste energy on. Well, 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 if you didn't tell us to do anything about it, if we're trying to do something about it, it's wasted energy. And here they are. They're, they're scoping out the Amalekites. They're scoping out the Canaan. They're scoping out everybody, every giant that they can possibly look at. They're scoping out everything. And God never told them that. They're, 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 they're reasoning with Everything else, they're getting involved in stuff they don't belong in. They're, they're worried about stuff that has nothing to do with God has told them. And now they're wasting time. They're wasting energy and effort. And God is saying, are you told you? The land will be flowing with milk and honey. That's all I told you to go and possess it. Why are you telling me about giants? Why are you telling me about walled cities? Why, oh God, help me. We're praying about stuff that God is saying. Why are you praying about that? Why are you praying about that? Why are you asking me about that? That had nothing to do with what I told you. Why you want to get that question answered or that question answered that has nothing to do with what I told you? That's what we're doing. 
And we we mad because God won't answer our questions. And God is saying, yeah, because you're asking me about stuff that I didn't tell you about. You're checking into stuff that I never explained anything about. Come on. That's what we're doing. They're talking about wall cities. They're talking about Amalekites, Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. They're talking about all the stuff that I didn't hear God mention when he talked about the promised land. Why do we do that? Can we can we begin to really assess ourselves and realize what we have done here? Why we just we don't know where we're going. We're lost. We're like a chaff in the wind being tossed to and fro. Wherever the wind blows, that's where we go because we're allowing ourselves to get involved with the things that God never told us to get involved with. We're doing and going about doing the things that God never told us to do. God gave us an instruction. He gave us an assignment. And here we are worrying about the things that God never told us to get involved with. worried about everything else but guess what God always have somebody that will say I don't care what everybody else is doing that's why church I'm here to tell you you better not do what you do because of what you observe of what everybody else is doing we have a bad, nasty habit of saying, well, they doing it, so I might as well do it. I don't see what's wrong with what they doing, so why can't I do it? We have a bad, nasty habit about looking at other people and saying, well, if they're doing it, I ain't see nothing wrong with what they're doing. Guess what? What's wrong with me doing it too? Nasty habit. Nasty. Not when you're serving God. You do what God tells you to do, not what you see other people doing. So stop justifying your actions because everybody else is doing it. You do what God tells you to do and not what everybody else is doing. Well, they're doing it. We have no clue what's going on in people's hearts. We have no clue what frustration they're dealing with. We have no clue what hurt and pain that they're going through. We have no clue. People come out or post on social media like life is wonderful, great, and outstanding, and we bite it. We eat it all up thinking that's really the way it is. We have no clue because the only people that are happy, the only people who have joy, the only people who are satisfied are the people that are following Jesus, are the people that are serving God according to his purpose. If that's not where you are, you are in a whole heap of mess. Unless you're walking in your purpose in Christ, you've got a whole lot of turmoil in you. I don't care what you want to tell me. I don't care what you want to explain to me. I know Jesus. And because I know Jesus, outside of him, there is no no satisfaction. Outside of him, there is no comfort. Outside of him, there is no peace. Outside of him, there is nothing else. So if you're outside of him, you ain't having what you're showing off that you're having. It ain't there. Whatever, you, whatever you're trying to get people to believe, ain't it. That ain't it. It ain't happening. Because the only thing that will be good for us is when we follow Jesus. The Bible says in verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we will be able to overcome it. I'd rather believe something about God and be wrong than start to reason. Then start to try to justify. 
And I, I like when people say, when everybody's saying, well, I don't know. And, and people speak up and says, I believe God. What God says, that's what we're doing. Those are people I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect with. The people that says, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's going on. I believe God. What does God's word say? Well, that's what I'm going by. That's what I'm doing. But all the ones that's trying to reason, all the ones that's so smart uh, and trying to dissect and intellectually trying to figure out what is the word saying, I don't have time for them. Because they're going to go in the wrong direction. It's interesting how the ten spies identified Canaan as the land to which God sent them by proof of seeing all that God promised they would see. A land flowing with milk and honey, but they did not see as the land the Lord God was giving them because they put their eyes on the giants, the wall cities, and all the stuff that God never told them to put their eyes on. Because these ten men were walking by their own sight, their own emotions, their own feelings, their own desires. Because they were walking by that, they didn't really believe God's promises. When you are walking according to your own feelings, when you're walking according to your own desires, woo! Brother Scarlett, again. Touching and agreeing with you. Yesterday, Sister Hasker, I had on my sweatsuit. Sweatsuit. Not the stuff Ethan wearing, you know, because, you know, his sweatsuit is dress pants. You know, with the stripe go down. I still wear that, too. But I was wearing real sweatsuit, Adidas, stripes. I'm not swoosh, I'm stripes. Yeah, I'm stripes. And so I got my sweatpants on. I got my, I got my T-shirt. I got my sweat jacket on long sleeves. I love it when I see stuff and people going to look at me like I'm crazy. Why Why is he at the park with long pants on, with a T-shirt and a jacket on zipped up? Yeah, 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 people. And so I'm in Mercer County Park and I'm killing it. Can I tell you, where's Sharon? I said, Sharon, while I was killing it in Mercer County Park, right, I saw a car drove by like yours. I said, I know Sharon ain't doing that. I know Sharon is not going to drive up and down Mercer County and say that's how, that's how fast she was walking. Because I saw the car twice. I look like Sharon. And I'm looking, but I'm walking so hard. I'm walking hard. I mean, I'm walking. That's why I want to see who, because running is one thing. I know you can run. But if you want to put some, well, I can't gamble. But if you want to just, you know, tell me about speed walking. I told, I told them yesterday at the house, I said, I think I might consider going to the speed walking Olympics next week, next, next time Olympics. I'm at speed, because I don't know how many people, ain't a lot of people that can walk faster than me. And so I'm walking, and I'm killing it, killing it. And I realized I had some coffee, but I really only had one glass and one bottle of water. I'm like, ooh, this is not good. I can feel myself getting dehydrated. And I'm just like, I'm thirsty. I didn't have no water in the car. And I'm like, I'm only half the way. And all I said to myself, if I die, I'm dying for Jesus. I'm sick. I'm glad I'm brainwashed by God. I don't know about you. I'm brainwashed by God, and I'm thanking God for that. I don't care what goes on. Let me be brainwashed by Jesus, and I'm brainwashed by Jesus. So everything I do, I just, he got to be in it. And so if I was going to pass out, I came to the house. Patrice said, man, what's up with you? I was like, yeah, I was in the park getting in here. 
but I was dehydrated. I had to come and I drank three bottles of water straight because I was dehydrated. But I wasn't going to stop. I was on a mission, 38, 38. I'm going to mission, 38 minutes, 38 seconds. That's what I was doing. How many miles was it? Because, you know, you know the, the, the app you know, kilometers. Three miles. But that was like kilometers. Four something? 4.8? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. So when it says four kilometers, I'm like, I'm not done yet. What's going on? Four? I know we're supposed to be doing three miles in the kilometer. But finally, I got to a place that says, you have completed your walk. I'm like, woo! But here's the story. I walked about seven miles yesterday because how I did my walk, when I was completed, I had to walk back to my car. And man, I was dehydrated. I had to walk like where, where the trees were. When I was walking, I usually walk on main road on a bicycle side, county park where the bikes ride. And that's, that's what I do up and around the park. But when I was walking back, I crossed over into, you know, I'm like, hey, put me under the shade. Hey, I need some shade before I pass out around this place. <laughs> but I was done at 3838. Amen. Sister Crystal um, told me they was going to start the flex walk at 6 o'clock on Saturday. I said, no, sis, I can't do it at that time because I knew I had to be here at 630 for prayer because I'm brainwashed. Just call me brainwashed. Pastor brainwashed by God. I will wear that. If you want to say I'm brainwashed by God, that's cool. I'll wear that. And so when she put that, I said, whoa, sis, I can't, you know, I, I got to walk about four o'clock because I already got it timed up in my mind. That, you know, I walked for about 45 minutes and blah, blah, blah. I got to take my shower, come here for prayer and all that stuff. I came for prayer yesterday. I was still sweating at prayer. <laughs> and I took a cold shower. I was up here. These people must have been like, man, he, he didn't start praying and he's sweating. What's going on? I came back from my walk. <laughs> Woo, but everything that you do, you got to do it unto Christ. Right, Brother Scarlett? We do it unto Christ. It might seem simple and like it doesn't have anything to do for Christ. But because we represent Christ, everything we do is unto the Lord. We need to ask the Lord to let us see as he would have us to see. We need to ask God, God, let us see the way you would have us to see. Caleb and Joshua obtained a vision of the land from the instruction they were given because they trusted God. Because they trusted God from the moment they received the instruction, it went straight to who God is. It went straight to what God can do. It went straight to I trust God. So when they received the instructions, that's all they knew. I trust God. And so they got a visual of who God is and not so much about the land. That's what we need. We need a vision of who God is. And not a vision of the task that's, that's at hand. We look at the task that's at hand and we start trying to figure it out. When all we need to do is get a vision of who Jesus is. Because when we get a vision of who Jesus is, the task doesn't matter. Because nothing can be too hard for him. Nothing can defeat us when Jesus is before us. Nothing. Nothing can defeat us when Jesus is before us. And so Joshua and Caleb was like, we got this. Let's go and do what God says. We're not worried about no giants. We're not worried about Wall City because we're going to do what God said we need to do. We need a vision of God's promises for us. We, 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 we need a vision of, 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 
of our purpose, walking in our purpose. You need to you need to see yourself living Christ-like. You need to see yourself living a Christ-centered life. You need to see yourself doing God's will no matter what. You need to see yourself living the way God said you can live. You need to see yourself being holy. You need to see yourself being righteous. You need to see yourself walking by faith and not by sight. You need to see it. to me. Some of us give up. We're like a seesaw in our walk with God because we don't have a vision of who we are in Christ. We don't have a vision of our purpose in Christ. And so we're seesaw. Every time something happens, we fall back down. And then the day we wake up and feel good, we get back up. And something go wrong, we fall back down. And we just seesawing the whole thing. Can I tell you this? The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Today, I'm bringing that up to let you know, all of the men and women of God that we've read about in the Bible, they weren't perfect, they sinned. There's not one person in the Bible, other than Jesus, obviously, there's not one person in the Bible that did not sin. They all sinned. But why do we still read about them, about what they have done, the great things they have done? Because even when they sinned, they kept going. Because they had a vision of what they are, who they are, and whose they are, and what God called them to do. And so no matter what went on in their life, they said, you know what? God called me to do this. God called me to be this. Oh, ask Jeremiah when you get to heaven, how did he continue going? Because Jeremiah would prophesy, would prophesy, and he would weep, and the people would just talk bad about him. They, would, they, they, they stoned him. They just wanted to just kill him. Jeremiah got afraid at point, points in time. But guess what? Did he stop? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like fire shut up in my bones. Uh, church, I got to tell you, uh, somebody got to hear me real good. What God has called you to do, he will never uncall you to do. Woo! We help me. What God has called you to do, he will never uncall you to do it. So if God has already called you to be what he called you to be, you rest assured. I don't care if it's been 10 years. I don't care if it's been five years. I don't care if it's been six months. I don't care how long it's been since you have not done what you know God has put into your heart to do. God didn't give up on you to say you don't have to do it anymore. That's not how God works. He don't say, you say, well, since you have not done what I told you, you won't do it anymore. No, it's up to you. You still want to do what God called you to do. If you still want to do what God called you to do, God will help you to do it. But if you don't want to, that will be on you. One of the things that we know about God is he gave us the power of freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. So what God has called you to do, he, 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 he didn't dismiss that from you. That's not how he is because he don't make mistakes. You got to realize he knows everything. So when he says, you're going to do this, you're going to be this, this is how you're going to make a difference. What do you think he says? Oh, you know what? Let me just change that up because since you, we don't stop what God wants to do. Because you don't do what you're supposed to do. God don't change his mind. Oh, somebody, somebody. God not changing his mind because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. God is not reneging on his promises because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. God will always keep his promises. God will always do what he says he's going to do regardless of what we do. 
But don't forget this. I was telling somebody yesterday because I've been saying it for a long time. This is very key. If you haven't heard anything else I said today, I'm getting ready to close. Your purpose in Christ is tied to your salvation. No selfish individual will get to heaven. What do you mean by that, preacher? If God has a purpose for you to do and you think you cannot do it and get to heaven, you're mistaken. Because that's being selfish. That's saying, guess what? I'm going to get to heaven and I won't have to do really anything. But that guy over there, he got to do a whole lot. And he, God don't work like that. So for you to think that you can neglect what God called you to do and you'll get to heaven, but everybody else got to do what God called them to do for them to get to heaven, how does that work? So your purpose in God is tied to your salvation. If you neglect your purpose, you're not getting to heaven. Now, the good news, as I've just preached to you, you might not have been doing it for a long time. You might not even started doing what God said your purpose is, but God is still allowing you to do it. This is why he will never renege on it, because he knows your purpose is tied to your salvation. He knows it is, so he's not going to just, you know, just say, no, no more. I'm not calling you to do that anymore. He's always going to leave that door open, because your purpose in Christ is tied to your salvation. you got to look to God and say, God, open my eyes to know and understand my purpose because if my purpose is tied to my eternal life, I need to know what it is and get going in it. I need to know what it is and get going in it. This is why it's a good thing to be a part of Christ-centered church and other churches that have a vision for God. Because that's where you will find your purpose. Oh, God, help me. If you just want to go to a church that want to tell you, you know, just believe and receive and just love God and you're fine, you will never find your purpose. But if you get into a church that is doing what God has called the church to do, then in that church you will find your purpose. Which means you will be walking in your salvation. Oh, God. I think I'm done here. I think, I, I, I think I've communicated God's word to you. I, I hope you receive it. We need a vision of who Jesus is, not what he looks like. Not what he looks like. Not what he looks like. But who he is in character. Who he is as his persona. Who he is in how he operates, his principles and what he does. Not who he looks like, but we need to know who Jesus is. Because that will take us to our destiny and our purpose and our salvation. We need to know who Jesus is. We need to see Jesus to know who he is. Jesus keep his promises. He keep his promises. We need a clear vision of who Jesus is. We need, a, we need a clear vision of his attributes. We need a clear vision of his character. We need to understand how he thinks. We need to understand his plans that he has towards us. We need to know and understand who Jesus is. Let me tell you, 
when you get a clear vision of who Jesus is, nothing is impossible. When you get a clear vision of who Jesus is, it doesn't matter if I understand it or I don't understand it. I'm just resting on the clear vision of who he is to me, who I know he is. And so if I know who he is, I'm not questioning, well, how is this going to work? I remember when the, when, when, when the king Naaman was told by the prophet to go dip in the dirty Jordan and he will be healed. He thought he was too high class to do that. And guess what? That leprosy stayed with him. And then finally, he says, all right, let me try it. He probably, he probably waited until nobody was looking. You know, a high class. I don't want nobody to see me. And he waited until nobody's looking and went and dipped the way he's supposed to dip. And his leprosy was gone. We don't have to worry about how it gets done. That's not our job. Our job is not to worry about how it all works, the inner workings of what God does. I don't have all of that. You don't have all of that. God will never reveal all of that to all of us. He just decides what he do and he do what he does. We need to let go of the inner workings, trying to understand how it all go and what makes it work. We don't have the answer and we may never have the answer till we get to heaven. Let go of the inner workings. How you see Jesus will determine your future. How you see Jesus will determine your salvation. How you see Jesus will determine your purpose, your happiness, your success, and your failure. It's all about how you see Jesus. It's how you see Jesus. Do you see Jesus as a policeman? Do you see Jesus as a helicopter parent? Do you see Jesus as a parent that spoil his kids and give them whatever they want? Or do you see Jesus as an unjust judge? Do you see Jesus as merciful and faithful and your high priest? Do you see him as being just? That he always does the right, do the right thing? Do you see him as the one who reconciles us from our sin? Do you see him as helping you with temptation? Do you see him as the all-knowing God, as the all-powerful God, as the God that is present always? Do you see him as one who gives and sustains life? Do you see him as creator of everything? It's all about how you see Jesus. And if you get a vision of Jesus, who he is, not what he looks like, you get a vision of who he, this power of vision, because when you see him, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. How you see Jesus will determine how you see others. Remember Zacchaeus? In Luke 19, 1 through 9, somewhere around here, Zacchaeus heard about Jesus from others. He heard about Jesus from others. Some of us heard, but we haven't had our own clear vision. Uh-huh. And Zacchaeus said, I've heard a whole lot, but guess what? I need to see for myself. I need to get my own vision. 
for myself. And when Zacchaeus climbed up in the tree and made sure he saw Jesus for himself, he saw Jesus and Jesus saw him. Don't miss it. When you get a clear vision of Jesus, it means Jesus see you too. When you get a clear vision of Jesus, it means Jesus sees you too. The two of you are, you know, we like to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you get a clear vision of Jesus, he looking at you and you looking at him. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you get a clear vision of Jesus, he will look at you and guess what? When you see Jesus, your life will never be the same again. Zacchaeus' life was never the same when he saw Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, you see love. You see truth. When you see Jesus, it causes you to repent of your sins. When you see Jesus, you see righteousness. When you see Jesus, you can never be the same. When you see Jesus, you realize how messed up. You are and how much you need him when you see Jesus. Power of vision when you see Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Because it's only when you see Jesus will everything change for you. It's only when you see Jesus will you get back up again. It's only when you see Jesus will you know that no matter what challenges you face, you're going to be fine. Stand with me. Finally, in Proverbs 29, verse number 18, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Everybody that's living without Jesus, they're not happy. I don't care what they tell you. I'm trying to tell you, you can believe what you want. You can believe what your flesh telling you to believe. But if you are not seeing Jesus, you ain't happy. I hate to break the news to you. Without a vision, this vision here is talking about revelation. Without revelation. But I'm here to tell you, That no matter how you slice it and dice it, if you don't have a clear vision of who Jesus is, you're going to fail. You won't accomplish what you were set out to accomplish by God. You will not be who you are supposed to be because only in Christ can you be and fulfill your purpose in this earth. No other way. We got to see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes when we see Jesus. Everything changes for, changed for Zacchaeus when he saw Jesus. When you see Jesus, everything changes. Oh, God, will somebody today go to the Lord before we leave here? Will, so, will somebody go to God and be honest with him today and let God open your eyes to see? Because guess what? Only he can open your eyes. Maybe you have seen with blurry, with blur. Maybe you haven't seen clearly, but maybe you, 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 you thought you saw something that you didn't. Maybe you thought that you were seeing, but you realize your life is not saying what you claim you were seeing. How about you go to God today and say, God, before I walk out of here, I need you to give me clear vision. I need to see you the way you are. I need clear vision, Lord, because there's power in your vision. There's power in vision 
And if God allow me to see clearly, then guess what? I will be able to be who I am. I will be able to accomplish the things that I, I was supposed to accomplish through what God called me to do and who he called me to be. If you will today surrender and call on the name of Jesus and ask him to give you vision, vision to see clear and not see through a glass darkly pertaining his concerns, pertaining his purpose and his will. Will you ask God today? I feel the Holy Ghost in here. The Holy Ghost is here to help us. The Holy Ghost is here to help us. Somebody will get a clear vision from God today. When you leave this place, you will see clearly and you won't worry about anything else because you will know my eyes are fixed on Jesus and I will look to him because there's power in vision. There's power in seeing Jesus. Not who he looks like, but who he is as God Almighty. As the one who heals, as the one who saves, as the one who delivers, as the one that is love, as the one who reconciles us, as the one who saves us, as the one who can deliver us, as the one who can keep us. Oh, as the giver of life. Come on, church. Let's worship him. Come on, church. Let's worship him. Come on, church. Let's bless the name of Jesus today. For God is here, and he wants to help you and give you clear vision. Oh, God, clear vision, Lord, that we will see you, that we will see you, that we will see your attributes, that we'll see your character. God, will you open our eyes to see? Will you open our eyes to see? Will you open our eyes to see, Lord God? Oh, in the name of Jesus, ah. In the name of Jesus, God calls us to see clearly, to see you, Lord God, and take our eyes off the things that you didn't tell us to look at. Help us today, Lord God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. Have your way in our thoughts. Have your way in our deeds. We bless your name today, Lord Jesus. There is none like you, oh great God. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Church, let God have his way. Church, surrender to God right now. Yield to him. Cry out to him. Call on his name and let his will be done in your life. Let the Spirit of God reveal to you who Jesus is and what your purpose is in him. How you move forward and not worry about all the other things that are not important because Jesus will handle it. Jesus will take care of it. Jesus will handle the things that he didn't tell you about. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift my hands over this congregation and I pray for every person in this room today, Lord God, that, Lord God, you will give them a vision of who you are, that they will know who you are. They will know your attributes. They will know your characteristics. They will know your motives. They will understand, Lord God, who you are and what you're all about, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, open our eyes to see clearly, Lord God, that we will get a true, clear picture, vision of what you're all about. We love you, Jesus. 
We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's righteous. He's merciful. He's kind. And he is love. We thank you, Lord. Oh, blessed be your name. The Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty. He's holy. The earth is filled with his glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God has done something in this place today. God has done something in you today. Let him have his way. Thank him for what he has done today. Thank God for what he has done today. Thank him for speaking to your heart. Thank him for his word. Thank him for what he has done. For God has done what he wanted to do. Because God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Church, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. If you want to keep praying, keep praying. If you want to keep worshiping, keep worshiping. But God bless you. He's the name above every other name. Why, Jesus? He's the King of Lord of Lord. Risen Savior. The Lamb of Savior. The Lamb of Savior. Now risen one. Oh, Jesus. We are for your praises. Every nation. Every nation bow.
Thank you.